right. Clap sync. Three, two, one. Wow. Okay. Well, they were all really synchronized except for the last one, from my perspective. I was... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that last one was. Hopefully, it was okay. It's probably God, what. It... Yeah, what if I'm like super lagging again, like I was the other day, where I was just like 30 seconds behind or something nonsense. It was like 15 seconds. It was oh, just no, actually you think that's what it is? We didn't mm -hmm. even actually check that. I I don't think no, it's I, I that. probably no. It it sounds. I probably like just okay. clapped late. <laughs> is that an Thank admission you. of guilt here? Is this happened. James stepping forward to tell us that he clapped late? Because if he claps late, then I guess I can actually compensate for that. And it should no, no, no. It was my internet. <laughs> it was the ping. <laughs> mm -hmm. There was input lag. My ping spiked to like fifteen hundred. Yeah, you 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 clicked right on your screen. Sorry, you clapped on your screen, but on our screen, yeah. it didn't look like that. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I just Before can't I wait to it. listen to the recording of this when it gets posted on the you know posted, and James is just like a half a second desync from all of us. Yeah, harkening just back like to laughing. what was it like the Ethan. Ethan Carter episode accidentally had that for a while where James was just heavily desync for a bit. And I'm like, oh boy, McCoy, we need to fix this. Did we fix that? <laughs> yes, you, you did. You did do a, a hot fix after that. Hmm. But uh, it was just really funny because there would just be moments where someone would be talking and it was clearly a very like thoughtful thing. And then you would just hear James just suddenly <laughs> button. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, actually. Wait, that sounds like me normally. Yeah, but this this might have been like some extra shit though. You know what I'm saying? It sounded like this hit different. It's funny because like yeah. the upside and the downside of what we do from our production side is we all record our individual tracks and then we sync them up and then I even try to resync them again every 30 minutes to like keep things tight for joke timing and whatever else. So like upside of that is it can sound good. Hopefully, I hope this episode's not God. If this is a bad sounding episode, I'm so sorry. Cause like, but anyways. Um, <laughs> Like, hopefully it can sound good because you get, like, the local recordings, which is really nice. Like, downside of that is you can fuck it up. <laughs> and I have been sure to do that. So, yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll, hopefully this will all be okay. But, yes, we are the yeah. Tyranny of Thumbs Gaming Podcast where we play a game each week and then we talk about it. And we played such a banger last week with The Messenger. And this week... We played a little game called Iris Fall, which was, I wouldn't say recommended. I think it was just scouted. suggested to me. Scouted. Yeah, scouted. Yep. <laughs> scouted to me by, uh, you know, one of the guests on our podcast, Brandon. Brandon's here with us today. Yeah, blind, blindly yeah. recommended, though. Like, read a sure. good review for it and thought, oh, the graphics look cool. All the screenshots in here are, like, really neat. Like, yeah, black and white art style. Like, you know. We should try it out. So where so I'm curious we on did. that topic, where where did you like see it first? Do you know? Where did I see this review? Oh no, it was just like you know, like where where did you first come by this game? Like was it uh on a PlayStation? Oh no, store I just saw a review or... on a on a blog. Oh That's awesome, it. very cool. Oh, so it wasn't even just like because I know sometimes like on the PlayStation Store you'll look at like what the free game of the month is or something. It wasn't that. No, I think this review came out when they released the game for uh, like PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Like they expanded platforms at some point gotcha. recently. Like I think earlier this year or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like it was originally maybe PC only. I think, and they 
moved on. I'm, I'm not 100% sure that's fact, but... I mean, mm-hmm. so many games do that, especially with, like, the Switch. Like, because you kind of need to, like, make a slightly different version for it, it would seem. And so people are just sort of like, and it's on Switch now. And, like, hit the trailers again. Like, hit all our promotional material. Send that out of the space again. So I would not be right, surprised exactly. if this came. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the, we did for, like, Unfinished Swan, right? Like, we were like, oh, hey, Unfinished Swan came out after Eat of the Finch. But it's like, no, Unfinished Swan just had a new release on Steam or something like right. that. So... <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we kind of live in a golden age for gaming in that sense because exclusives and exclusivity is maybe the most muted it has ever been. Like there is a lot of, hey, let's let's take this game, let's put it on PC, uh, let's take this game, let's put it on consoles, let's take this. I mean, even you know, we're probably eventually going to play that that game that's like the next game from the Journey people that uh, was mobile and now it's going to be PC. And so like they're just, you know, people are are put, trying to put their games everywhere. Um, and I think that, you know, we we as gamers win in that way. And that's that's nice. Like, I, I, I've, I'm very thankful because, like, back in the... I mean, they're still exclusives, right? They're still... You know, you'll see in the conferences, E3 was just, like, a couple weeks ago, and you'll see, like... I mean, Sony tends to have amazing exclusives, but, like, everybody does. Um, like, Nintendo has amazing exclusives. But more of the third-party games are just, like, what if we put it everywhere? That sounds good, right? <laughs> <laughs> We all win when that is mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But yeah, we yeah. are also joined by uh, Raphael, who I keep on saying is a guest during the weeks, but he's been here so often that, you know, he's might as well just be one of the typical members of the podcast. But hi, Raphael. Hello. In case. <laughs> he's a capital G guest, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> capital G <laughs> guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, yeah. so... I was going to say, like, if anybody wanted to talk about any, like, E3 news, anything that came up that, like, looks potentially interesting. I mean, I thought, honestly, it seemed like a pretty, I I don't want to say, like, muted E3. I just felt like there was less hype this year, but also it might have just been because E3 was, like, not an in-person games conference. I mean, it wasn't last year either, but I just, I looked at a rundown of all the announcements for games coming out and some of them seemed hype but it just didn't seem like it was like a like a cumulative hype e3 or something like that Hmm. i honestly think this is all because the internet in its totality in its one single voice uh attacked uh sony for one of their e3 conferences back in the day and by back in the day i mean it was a couple years ago where they just showcased four games something like that very small amount of titles it was like ghost of tsushima last of us and i don't know two other ones or something and spider-man they, like, <laughs> yeah oh, spider-man was yeah yeah like you know you know what i'm talking about james like where they like had that like they only show i know like, what four. you mean yeah yeah so but yeah but everybody who was there in person was like wow that was sick and everybody who was watching online was like, this is ass! I want more games! <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then Microsoft's comparison was like, you know, they because they're always like competing and stuff. They were like, we have games and games and games. And they were just like hitting you with games. <laughs> and like, don't you but guys think... But then Sony yeah. won the PS4 versus Xbox One cycle, like handily. Mm-hmm. But not this E3 conference. And Anyways. I think we... We screwed ourselves 
by having this reaction, of course, I did not have this reaction. I fucking love their conference because I don't give a fuck about all those other games. Like, all they did is they were like, these are the most amazing games ever. We're going to show you, like, a whole trailer and maybe some gameplay. We're going to show you, you know, 15 minutes. I think I know the fourth one. Okay. I think it was God of War. Oh, see, that would make sense. Ah. Um, But anyways, because there was such a negative reaction to that, people have gone back to just like, and here's all the games we have. And it almost feels like back in the PS3 era when people were like, so what games do you have on your PS3? And you're like, well, I don't know, man. I've got this MotorStorm game. It's about racing in the mud. It's pretty cool. And they're like, yeah, but I have this and this and this. And you're like, Jesus, okay, how old are we? And it feels like that's the conversation now because, dude, I cannot tell you how many games I watched like trailers for while I was watching these conferences. And I'm like, wow, I have negative interest in this game. And I actually think watching a two-minute trailer on it has actively shown me that I want to avoid it now. Whereas if they had just been like, (laughs) Like, you know, because they're like, they're like these, it's, they're all the trailers are like the fucking same too, you know? They have all the like cinematic, like camera angles and fucking whatever else and like the music's hitting and you're like, can you show me what the game is? Like, what is this? Is it like a, like a strategy game? Is it like a first person? Could you talk to me a little bit about it? Like, could you showcase it a little instead of just showing me a trailer about the story in this game that doesn't matter at all? So I don't know. I, I think we kind of screwed ourselves by by having that reaction just as a general internet because now we're just going to see an infinite list of games because everyone's trying to like prove that they have the games whereas I'd much rather much rather them actually get into them and show us and show us why they're exciting like you guys the um the Horizon the new Horizon game has a gameplay like breakdown that one of the devs did and they like edited this whole video together I swear it's like 3 minutes long or something and it's like entrancing that was better than everything at E3 by a hundred <laughs> miles. I would greatly recommend watch that and don't watch E3. Like you, it gives you such a good perspective of the game, and it's honestly exciting. So I don't know. I guess Indeed. my point from E3 is just like fuck E3. I don't know. Guys, <laughs> I work. Came down I don't. To? <laughs> I don't think that that was that that specific E3 conference was like the end of E3. I think. I mean, I think it certainly had an impact and it like the impact wasn't great, I guess. But I also I don't think that E3 is a positive force in the games industry (laughs) at all. I I think that um, I don't know that it really ever has been. I, I think that as a way to showcase your games um it, like we need something but now we've proven that we don't need E3 and I think that's a better world for everyone cuz it gives devs the space to actually develop something and not just like throw together a bullshit trailer for E3 um just to get it in on time yeah um but like E3 started as an industry thing just for the industry and for shareholders. Um, and then it started getting press coverage. And I think, I think that's when it started going downhill is <laughs> the second it started. Unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> right. Yeah. But, but, but okay. But, All this yeah. we've said though, I will note there are a bunch of cool games coming out. There are, there totally are. And they were in there. It's just a bit like uh, sifting for gold, whereas mm-hmm. 
And like, sure. that's not my favorite exercise because that's burning my time. Um, so like, did you guys watch the right. PC game show? Cause I was like, oh, I have a PC and I should care about this now. Like I used to watch all the console conferences. I'll watch the PC one. And you know, my boy day nine's like hosting it. And I love day nine. And that show fucking sucked, bro. Holy shit. I like was near <laughs> tears afterwards. I was like, how could you do this to my boy? Like I, they killed day have nine in front of my of eyes before. What's up? They've never been great. Yeah. In my opinion. Oh, I yeah, I hadn't seen them before. Yeah, it's been a thing for like four years now. Wow. And like day nine is always the best part of it, but it's never been actually a good conference. Wow. Um Yeah. I feel like E three is really only worth it for me to get a like a gauge on like the indie game space. Like all of the big name companies and their releases I could probably care less about but like seeing what some of like the indie studios are thinking about you know setting up and whatnot like that's what put I think it was Unravel on my radar to begin with just because you had this adorable segment with the developer of this game who is clearly new at like presenting things in front of an audience and he's holding like a life-sized yarny in his hand and you can tell he's like clutching the yarny because he's so nervous about talking about this game in front of people and like that's i find that stuff to be charming as hell and i love you know gauging the game space from that so like the only thing that really like caught my eye out of this was uh it's a game called somerville i don't know if you guys saw the trailer yeah. for this it's yeah. by mm -hmm. like it's an offshoot of the company that made limbo and inside um looks very stylistically similar but also looks pretty interesting so i would be excited to like check out a game like that will there be spiders but, in the first yeah. section because if so i'm turning that shit off just like the other ones <laughs> just saying <laughs> i'm not doing it again <laughs> uh, i'm trying to remember the one that caught my eye like the game with the rats the I Oh, Plague oh, Tale, the Plague Tale sequel. Yeah, Plague Tale yeah. yeah. 2. Coming that, so so yeah. that's a, that's. I was thinking that's we should a, play Plague Tale. Yeah, did you know, Brandon, that that's like a second in a, uh, or something, or maybe it's a prequel. I don't yeah, know how yeah, it relates, I've but I started the first one. Oh, you did? Awesome. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, well, I haven't played much of it. I like it okay. so far, but I'm trying to like not show Zoe what's going on, so I have to like hide it from her, <laughs> and it's hard when I play on the living room TV. Uh, honey don't, don't come down here i'm not a pc gamer <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah that's pretty easy for her though there, there's a computer upstairs she, uh, gotcha, gotcha hides behind that that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> but yeah no that that one caught my eye that's kind of exciting but yeah the, the first game's good so far oh um, that's great definitely worth checking out um what was the other one? Oh, the the forza trailer caught my eye but not not mm. because i enjoy playing forza i absolutely hate it but they had like the the Ford Bronco as the the video or the vehicle in the uh, trailer, so hmm. that, you got to uh, see your life's work. I did in and video I, game they had form. it in the cyber orange or whatever the color is? It looked great. I haven't worked on that at all, but it looked it looked nice. <laughs> oh, that's really awesome. It, it's it's cool that people who like are deep in the car space can like have something to like look at because like those games are always like just insanely beautiful, like just like out of control like the detail like i they used to like bring cars on stage hmm. like they unveiled a porsche 911 model 
during a Forza preview. It's wild. Yeah, which I think it's pretty. They're cool. really, uh, they're really into cars with that game. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. right? But like some of the drivers I follow, right? Their cars have been modeled into the game and stuff. And uh, one of them was like asked to to drive the car like in the video game to like you know make tweaks to how it drove in the game um <laughs> so they're, they're pretty concerned about the realism unfortunately i think that's the part that throws me off i can't do realistic vehicle driving with a joystick yeah and, uh, not have like a steering wheel and pedals so do you not have I've a pedal up. setup bro you don't have like the the no. cockpit situation no okay. no that's just doesn't just seem sell your it. house and buy one a real car <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, get one of those uh like um, those gamer stations <laughs> with the puddles yeah. on the wheel <laughs> dude those are always crazy like do you ever like see those in airports and stuff where you're like what the fuck is this they're like showcasing some just insane like gamer setup and you're just like yo i'm trying to like get to somewhere like what what is this why is this here? Yeah, it's the what it's like one called like the Scorpion or something like that cuz it's like this like almost yeah, like a pod I've that you that sit in. Uh I saw that in like in this like bougie mall in London. It was $30,000. I was just like we can't ship that home. Well, you can buy a Mazda Miata for $30,000. Brand new. <laughs> yeah, but, but what you can't do though is you can't wreck the shit out of it. <laughs> I mean, maybe you can. I don't know. Seems a little risky. Yeah. Yeah, that's what insurance is for, right? Yeah, <laughs> dude, exactly. Does anybody know? No, if you... but like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, sorry, I was gonna say you just pay for a track day, right? Like, there's there's some great tracks around that do like uh, like track day in a like Mazda Miata that would be like hella fun, and that's mm-hmm. that's way better than Forza to me. But yeah, I could see that. Do you know? That makes if... sense. They're one of the things. Okay, so I'm really not up on my like realistic car game because I was never really into them i was always into like burnout and stuff which is where you just like strategically crash cars into each other <laughs> like that was fun <laughs> um but like that's a fun game at one point there was like legal like logistics around whether or not the car manufacturers were like willing to have their cars damaged you know what i mean like okay like you can have my car in your game but it's like pristine and beautiful like you could put mud on it maybe but if you crash into a wall going 150 miles an hour, I want that thing to, like, stay pristine. And so I don't know if that's still the case, but, like, it was just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen is is watching, a, like, someone crash in a driving game and have it just, like, nothing happen and just sort of, like, like, what? Like, what is, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about the legal side, but, I mean, I could see it being very hard to model a crashed car. That's yeah. it's like a uh, <laughs> a very tough thing, even you know, with the reality of like crash tests, they model all that before they do it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would make sense. So you're like, how? It's like, do we want to hire an entire like crash test department for our video game <laughs> to make this car <laughs> crumble properly? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe they do. So. Is there anything else from E3 that caught people's eyes that people want to shout out? Just like, yo, you should check this trailer out. I know Raphael linked a couple that were interesting that were on his mind. So a lot of people talked about the Elden Ring trailer, but I never watched it. Ah, Elden Um, Ring. Yeah, the fabled fabled Elden Ring actually got their release trailer. Looks, Looks sick, actually. But 
Cool. I don't know. I'll need to actually, like... I feel like I need to play the other Souls games before going on to Elden Ring. So I've got time. What, January 2022? I've got time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those can easily yeah. be marathoned if you're willing to like put a weekend in and just go crazy. Like, I, th I actually think they're best played that way. Like, I don't know. I mean, you let's see, like Dark Souls 3. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're long. But like, yeah, you have time. You know, the thing that confused me about Elden Ring, so apparently, like, George R. R. Martin is, like, mm -hmm. what, the director, question mark, of Elden Ring? Like, but he's, I'm like, also the thinking, story like, person. Okay, so he's going to be in charge of, like, the actual lore aspect. Yeah. And, like, okay. But I feel like I don't play those games for the lore, but I guess fanboys might be okay with that. I don't know. We'll see. It's just, yeah, it's, like... <laughs> It's one of those things where, like, you're once again just presented with this idea that people are like, I think the Dark Souls lore is the best shit ever. And you're like, dude, are you okay? Like, I don't, it's just, it's just to me, it's like, I fucking love Dark Souls, but it's not the best shit ever. It's, it's like good. It's cool. It's very muted, right? It's very behind I play the for scenes. the combat. Yeah. I play it for the actual gameplay of it. And yeah. all, everything else is just merely a side story for me. And it's a good one, but it's like cutscenes okay. for me to make snarky feminism comments. <laughs> yeah, you you would love Ninja Gaiden then. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> There's a lot of snarky comments to be had about that game. I can tell you I've been playing through it now, and I'm just like, hmm. And I'm like thinking about like making us play all the way up until the snarky comment point, and then just having a stop right before, because I just I don't know if I can bear having one of my favorite games of all time just like shredded because of the ridiculous physics that they decided to put in the game. Um, and they are only used for one, one thing, and it is, it is breasts. Ah, uh, yep. yes. It's the it old is, school. That is the era of video game. Indeed. It totally is. It's a time capsule. I'm like, I remember being 12, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I would shout out, um, oh God, there's a couple of games that were cool. There's, did you guys see that, like, claymation game? Did you guys see about this? Yeah, Raphael. That was another one that Raphael linked. Harold it was Halibut? called Harold Halibut. Yeah, it looks really cool. Honestly, if I'm being mm -hmm. honest, like yeah. I really like that claymation style of art. I think I told Raphael it like reminds me of like the movie. If you guys have seen the movie Isle of Dogs, yeah, that Wes Anderson film that's like kind of made from claymation slash puppets, like. I don't know. It looks like it has that sort of charm to it. I would just be very curious how it, how the game would actually be. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing it's like, you know, like mostly a walk around sort of situation. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's like, I mean, it might be combat, but probably not. And so I'm guessing it's just a lot <laughs> it just of... just turns into a first-person shooter. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> it's like a, you know, Gumby? <laughs> You know Gumby? Like, I'm pretty sure there's, <laughs> yeah. like, action in Gumby. <laughs> Running around, like, shooting each other, like, slicing swords. All right. But instead of blood, it's just, like, chunks of clay that fall off of them. And they're like, oh, no, let me patch this back together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's, like, I don't know. There's cool stuff. There's also, like, one game that seemed like it was in the fantasy setting. It was, like, some RPG. I forget what it's called. It had, it had seemingly, like, the worst name ever. Um, It was, like... <laughs> battle or something just like just truly <laughs> awful um but i was like i was noting like you know we are far past the because it used to be like every game's fantasy right like 
oh god there's fable and there's this and a skyrim and there's everything was like a fantasy setting and then they were like all right we got to like move on from this we got to go cyberpunk we got to go future we got to go space and i just want to say like i love fantasy and i wish people would come back and i fucking hate all this like fucking cyberpunk bullshit that's like every game now it's just like whoa what if the spaceship was like dirty or something like i don't give i don't give a fuck. <laughs> i just want my bow and arrow bros so i'm just hoping there's gonna <laughs> give be a me my back. elves give me my dwarves <laughs> exactly like is it like the fashion industry where eventually this is all gonna be popular again because i just want the cycle to come back let's get out of this whole like no one gives a fuck like because like dude like silently people like you know silently skyrim sold more games than everyone ever you know than there are humans on the planet you know some crazy nonsense <laughs> or something just silently in the background but everyone's like you know i think we should move on with that that genre's totally played out it's like no it's not people love that shit what are you doing um so there was like one. I mean, I'm sure people are probably thinking that right now because, like, I don't know, Witcher Three is still pretty popular, and so they're like, "Ah, oh, well, how can we ever compare to that sort of thing?" And yeah, the cycle will probably come around eventually. I hope so. People will get bored of all the cyber, <laughs> cyberpunk, space exploration games or the battlefields with mechs. <laughs> And they'll be like, ah, oh, remember back in the age of flint and wood? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go back to that. <laughs> Let's, I will say, though, that was one of the better E3 presentations that I saw was the one for MechWarrior, which I don't know anything about MechWarrior at all. Zero. And in fact, I plan to basically keep it that way. Um, however... <laughs> The presentation was just some some developer who was just like really fucking excited. He's like, "Yo, this mech is fucking giant, bro!" And he would like list like a some amount of kilograms or something that it was. And he's like, "Yeah," and, and so it's like really hard to maneuver, but it's really strong. And he's like, "This one's super fast," and we're adding that to the game, so it's really gonna change the dynamic. And I was just like, "Oh, wait, you like give a fuck? That's cool." Like it like it made me kind of <laughs> interested. Whereas everything else is just like, "Here's another trailer." All right, nice. Or yeah. like, here's some. <laughs> person from from our business department who's just hoping to sell this game and is going to like read off a teleprompter and you're just like why <laughs> like just <laughs> like i love that they like they're like we just want this to feel like it's in person so we're going to make we're going to take what everybody loved about in-person conferences which is people who don't do presentation at all for their normal job or normal life doing that with <laughs> a teleprompter <laughs> right okay yeah true true <laughs> I feel like you're talking about that new like TV show, Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. It's got like a lot of these little little things in it. Yeah, it's an Apple TV thing. Huh. Yeah, Mythic Quest. It's it's centered around what a video game, right? And it's supposed to have a lot of like video game, like kind of more like inner industry jokes in a way. At least like the snippets that I saw that you were watching, like they, they're uh. I don't know, having to deal with like a bunch of like problems that only video co- game companies face. It's kind of like yeah. Silicon Valley, but meets yeah, video games right. in a way. Yeah. Silicon Valley meets video games. Yeah, that's a good description. It's hmm. a little more on the ridiculous side than even Silicon Valley was to me. But mm-hmm. hmm. And fun fact, Ashley Birch is uh, in that TV show. She plays a video game developer, so cool if you want more chloe price there you go <laughs> is ashley birch the original chloe price original this? voice okay. actress yeah yeah I see. 
Well, cool. Anyway, okay. should we get to talking about Iris Fall? I guess it's about time. I just thought sure. that it was just like, it was definitely like our strategy as a podcast to like get Brandon on and then just talk about E3 for the whole time. And he'd be like, wait, I came for this game. What the fuck? <laughs> and sorry about Avoid that. Avoid the oh. game I came for. Yes. Yeah, but actually, actually, I guess before we move on, before we truly depart from E3, Raphael, did you want to shout anything out from E3? Uh, yeah. So I guess I should clarify that I don't normally follow E3. So this is probably the first time that I actually like went through a bunch of games that were announced there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I did like add 15 games to my Steam wishlist that I want to keep tabs on. Um, I've kind of talked about some of them already, uh, but They Always Run, I think, was one. Hmm. Looks like an action platformer, maybe kind of in the vein of The Messenger. Who knows? Um, but it looks cool. Uh, Citizen Sleeper. I actually went and played uh, the game that's already been published by that developer uh, in Other Waters, and it was exceptionally well-written, so I am excited to see what they have with Citizen Sleeper. That's a trailer you should see if you're out there and you haven't seen it, Citizen Sleeper. It's a killer fucking trailer. That trailer is a work of art. It's like, it tells like three stories about three characters in two minutes, and that is enough for you to care about the characters and at the same time is explaining the game mechanics. Yeah, it actually tries to explain you the game, which is something that, again, I feel like I really appreciate. Like, showing me the fucking <laughs> game is, like, the real thing that matters. Like, dude, there's so many games out there where it's, like, the story is not even a component of the game, really. Like, they have a setting or something and then they're just kind of, like, mm-hmm. in a world where it's, like, no, no, just show me the puzzle thing that you're doing yeah why are you showing me it seems this? like trailers usually either are going for like hooking you on the setting or just something flashy or they're actually going through gameplay i mean often like games will have explicitly separate trailers for these purposes they'll be like and here's the gameplay trailer and here's the like flashy trailer i forget what they call it hmm. yeah. um but yeah so it was cool cinematic they to do both cinematic yeah that's cinematic right. trailer Okay. Uh, yeah, let's see. Harold, Harold Halibut also mm-hmm. looked mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. Like, I don't even know what to make of that, but it, we should do it for the podcast for sure. I was going to say, like, we, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. And, like, it looks really interesting and definitely will be as soon as it releases, I'm putting it on the podcast list for sure. I know nothing about this, but it sounds like a cartoon fishing game to me. <laughs> I like it, it is not that. I'm sure I'm way off, but it should be. Honestly, there's clay, but also space and also ocean. Dude, and dude, they... the fishing game genre is one that like they just like it got swallowed whole by like every other game. Like every game was like, we have a fishing in our game. Why would you have a fishing game? And it's like, oh, sh- I don't know. And I feel like the genre might have not been able to sustain that. <laughs> Just being sort of oh, sucked yeah, quick, into every other game. Quick shout out to the um, the city builder game where you're all just beavers. Oh, yes. Timberborn. Um, yeah, Timberborn. <laughs> I added that to my wish list as well. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh yeah, also replaced. You might have talked about that already. I don't think we did. No. Uh, that was the one with like the pixel art style, but 
they have like depth to the scene so it's like yeah you're walking along in 2d but they have this really like excellent background and foreground happening and the way they're doing lighting in it is crazy it looks really cool yeah that's another one with a very very cool art style especially with so many games that were kind of like coalescing in your mind like like you know just seeing the same trailer over and over again like they had to separate like certain games from each other like in the order of their trailers because if you played them back to back you would not know that it wasn't just a second trailer for the same game and like this game looks nothing like anything i've seen or at least not to this intense degree so that was pretty cool for sure yeah yeah also hilarious they trotted fucking fallout 76 on stage and dude that game when it launched did not look very good (laughs) but like it's it definitely doesn't look better now like you just like like that trailer was like oh did they did they like is this a remake like no it's just it's just the most recent fallout game unfortunately oh yeah it's quite sad um but you know what else is quite sad the fact that we haven't talked about Iris Fall yet. Let's do it. Let's get there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I was going to say. <laughs> Let's we'll, get there. We'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. All right. So we kind of talked about, I guess, the background to this in that none of us knew really what this game was about. And Brandon, you just indirectly suggested it as a podcast game because it looked cool and you saw a review that looked cool. Yep. No, even even the name's not really very descriptive. It's not like Harold Halibut, where I think fishing, you know, or Timberborn, where I think lumberjack. Neither <laughs> of those are right. Iris Fall gives me, I don't know, no clues other than, I don't know, I guess Falling I expect clouds. stunning visuals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or like maybe like it's uh, a little unique, maybe like, oh, like it's a little extra something, you know what I mean? I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's, it's definitely like, a, this does not feel like a AAA title. Yeah, like, it gives me Edith Finch vibes, where you, like, read a title, like, What Remains of Edith Finch, or just Iris Fall, and you're like, ah, it's a first and last name, it seems like, almost. So you're like, ooh, (laughs) they brought out the first and last name, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so Iris Fall is a puzzle game that from the forefront looks like it is a game that is going to be playing with light and shadow. It is a game that's entirely monochromatic in a way, where it's just mainly black and white and shades of gray. Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) And they've got like a little bit of yellow and blue going on. Yeah, Uh, right. Cat's eyes and things. Very minimal color palette for sure. And like, yeah, the bits of the bits of color in it are meant to highlight, you know, places you can look, or they're meant to complement certain features of certain objects. Right. I guess I'd also describe it as like a walking simulator too, but like with puzzles. So. Yeah. Like in between, like the the bits of walking. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, you just play as this your your protagonist is a girl named Iris who is walking through a creepy building and just has to do a bunch of puzzles. And so my question is <laughs> What did we think about the story? No. <laughs> okay. I think there's a place to start, right? Like there's there is a story yeah. and then there's the puzzles, right? And then there's the visuals and then there's um I don't know what am I missing? Like the puzzles interactivity, maybe. like controls maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. potentially the Yeah, well definitely there's the a few that's, things. Yeah, definitely the controls I think would be good to point out. Yeah, I think we just right. I think it's like when it, you come to this game like I think 
especially dude, when you come to this podcast, honestly, we have played so many games that are like, they are trying every, every trick they possibly have to be like the deepest fucking game humanly possible. And I think this game is not that. And that is like, okay, you know, like it's, it feel like this is more of like, how do we just do all these different things through like visuals and sound to just be kind of creepy and kind of nightmarish you know it's it's more of evoking that feeling i mean maybe you guys can dig deeper in the story than than i did but to me the story was was to some degree surface level because it was it wasn't trying to be like deep it was just trying to be this very weird very different experience when you're playing the game right and i was trying to dig into this story the whole time right and Mm -hmm. like the furthest i got was like an Alice in Wonderland vibe, right? Like, mm-hmm. Skrull gets trapped in this, like, other world, right? I got that she might have been an orphan before that, just judging by an initial scene with, like, lots of beds in one room kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, following a black cat, but even all the way out to the ending, I don't... I don't know. Did anybody else get anything out of the the story? Like, it felt very Alice in Wonderland, like as a thematic element, which is not. Yeah. The, you yeah. know that. Yeah. I. It's a weak description. <laughs> no, but uh, I, well, right. I like I like it, it's it though. Like... I like the comparison because I feel like it has that playfulness also to it a little bit, especially when you're changing some of its art styles. Like it goes from that like the three D to like the two D animation, and just like. I mean, if, if a cat was smiling, you know, with just its teeth, I think that would fit in well in this in this game. Mm. Um, however, to answer your question, did I get more out of it? No. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Definitely I mean, I a mother figure a that, yeah. that pulled away, um, kind of collapsed in on herself after, um, I think, the husband died maybe or something dad figure hmm. i got that i i don't know uh, oh and there's also the ending uh where you I, turn I, I, into a dog yeah, I mean, spoiler it did it did yes yeah, spoilers <laughs> for this game yes no you you become a puppet so and i think the implication is that you were one of the like puppet children that was made by this mother figure. Yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't really go a lot deeper than that. And I Right. Think- it's not yeah. like it exposes some like deep, dark underbelly of this woman's... I don't know. This woman was doing dark magic and it's turning children into... Pup- like, it, I feel like there's just like no... Yeah, kind of like how McCoy described it. There's no like really deep tale that has a lot of like symbolism and oh there was a bunch of foreshadowing that this is actually the case or something like that like it's all fairly surface level where it's just like oh you're a girl and now you're a puppet and then you kind of just need to try to fill in the blanks with your own interpretation in a way but i never felt like the story actually had like that does kind of justify like becoming a shadow puppet as opposed to mm-hmm. a, I feel like it's almost like the symbolism without the base story. Like rather than a story without symbolism, it's sort of like 
contentless symbolism. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Like, here's a symbol. I think it was, like, vague and evocative on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought of it more like a a dream, period. Maybe a nightmare. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's, you know, I don't know if you've, Oh my god, you guys! That's the dumbest thing ever. We should do a critical review of one of our dreams. Like this shit doesn't make sense. Like, why did I change? Like from here to this? Like that? Because you know, like that's like I feel like what we're doing. You know, it's just like we're why like. Why did Shazam there. call me rounder than most? Yeah, like why does that just happen over and over again? Like these echoes of rounder than most bouncing off the ceilings of an auditorium that has like all of my teachers there. But you know, like just like what is happening? Why am I? I thought about going into Shazam's stream and just telling him that. Yeah. About that dream, yeah. Being <laughs> like, I can't support your team anymore. Yeah. You were mean to my, one of my friends in her dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just, should donate five dollars to say that, and just like see the pain reaction of yeah. like, I'm both a very successful streamer, and also I can never escape the dumbest shit that people send to me if they pay five dollars. <laughs> they can just incept an idea into my mind, whether I like it or not, and I just have to sit here and accept it. Um, but like seriously, like this is it, it, this is what it feels like to me. Is like we're trying to like find the 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 through you know needle or whatever in in a dream, and there is some probably realistically in our dreams, and I do think you can find meaning in them. But it there's also I think an element of where they kind of lean into just things shifting into each other and in and out of shadows, and this object becomes that object, and then, you know, like, shit comes out of walls that could never come out of walls. Like, you know, if you're sitting there going, like, well, actually, if we constructed this, you know, room, that would never work. Like, you know, it just, it feels like it it really is trying to break free from, like, the much more, like, linear and concrete, like, reality, I feel like. And so, I think there's that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good tie, though. Like, the game kind of does feel like a dream in the sense that, uh, you know, it's like you, you you go through this dream and you're like, wow, I don't know why that happened or what happened, but all right, I'm awake now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, that plays to the length of the game, too, right? Like, yeah. it was three to five hours. I don't know. Probably took me more than that because... Uh, we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I, actually I'm curious. Like I feel like because like a lot of the core of this is like the puzzles, uh, and I'm just like curious like what people thought of that because I I didn't even realize it was a puzzle game at first. I thought from the trailer there were like puzzles that made sense to me, but it really is just not just. But you know, it is a puzzle game. Like for the most part, like you really are just doing puzzles and progressing through this like creepy world. And at first, I was like holy shit, I haven't played a puzzle game in a while. And then I was kind of like, okay, yeah, no, I can settle I can settle into this because I, I, I at least found with myself, like they weren't necessarily all incredibly hard. Some of them were difficult though. And some of them definitely stumped me for a while. But every time I finished a puzzle, I was always looking at the next one like, I could, I could fiddle with this a little bit. Like I can move some levers and see like kind of what's going on here and try to figure, I'm not saying I'm going to you know, complete the next puzzle, but I could at least, you know, try a little bit more and, I actually found that to be, like, a pretty pleasant, like, gameplay loop if you want to just, like, just call it the worst term ever. But you know what I mean? Like, I did it, was anyone else, like, compelled by the puzzles and interested in pressing yeah. all the dials and seeing what they do? I mean, yeah, well, because much like you, you've said, like, th- this game is without instruction. There is not even, I think, any, like, 
text that pops up on the screen really to like let you know what you can interact with and what you can't. All of the puzzles, if they're not a traditional puzzle like a Rubik's Cube or something like that, they are at least puzzles in the sense where you need to like purposefully interact with something, see the cause and effect, and then need to piece together, okay, how does this help me get to where I need to go? Or even like, what is the objective? And so, yeah, a lot of this game is just going around, at least for me, was like going around interacting with everything, being like, okay, this moves that shadow this way. Why do I want the shadow to go this way? Ah, because I'll turn into my shadow self and now it's a ledge or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those things aren't immediately apparent just by looking at the scene itself. You need to actually go around and like hit all the buttons and revert things back. I do wish that each puzzle scene had a like an easy reset button in a way Mm -hmm. just because i'd hit a button and i'd be like oh wait that's what i need to do oh shit okay well i guess i need to pause restart at last checkpoint like i kind of wish there was a better reset puzzle yeah yeah Yeah, like a better instead of going from checkpoint like you Mm -hmm. need to walk 20 feet to get there first yeah yeah because because there's a couple decent oh sorry go ahead Oh, no, no, that, I was mostly done. I do have one question for everybody, but go ahead. I was just going to say there's a couple puzzles that uh, are good, good. I think, examples of like wanting a reset because you can kind of get lost in them if you're fucking it up and then you get close and then you're like, oh, shit. But like there was um, one of the Rubik's Cube light puzzles. I feel like some of those you can be like, I have no idea what I did to this thing now. Um, and I think the main, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're like, fuck me. I was, it was like working for a while and now it's like, cause oh God, dude, I even used to do Rubik's cubes when I was a kid. Like, it, but it's, it's like you learn the technique. Like, it's not like I really understood structurally, like what was going on. You just learn anyways. But yeah, there's that. And the one where you're having these like hexagons or something that you're like turning and there are like symbols on the, on the points. And they like move. Yeah, around. I had to like restart that puzzle so often because I'd shuffle them around and be like, "Ah, I see what I need to do. I have completely fucked this up. <laughs> Let's reset." A hexagon. I don't. I don't know which puzzle this is. It's, sh- it's three interlocking hexagons. Yeah, and so you had to like rotate like the top part of the hexagon. Oh, yeah, like okay. You had to make no. the eyes match. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the eyes and the do. suns. Yep, yep, right. So, yeah, three interlocking hexagons is a good way to describe it, right? So, like, yeah, if mm. you rotate hexagon, like, the top one, like, it moves some of the spaces on the bottom, mm-hmm. too. And right. that was actually yeah. probably, like, my favorite puzzle in the whole game. Like, yeah, it actually, I agree. I thought it was the yeah. best uh, balance between, like, a solvable puzzle and, like, well, really just being a solvable puzzle that was somewhat difficult. But, like, you could figure it out, and you felt like you could figure it out. Yeah. Um, versus, like, Ruby's Cube Land, where, <laughs> like, every time I pick one up, uh, the, you know, it's like, fuck me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, like I want to yeah. throw it through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like that with the controller. I've also never game. learned yeah. how to mm-hmm. do a Rubik's Cube. And so I looked up a guide <laughs> for how to do <laughs> So, me too. 
Yeah. 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 And I think I got the cube master achievement because I looked up a guide. Hey. The only way I could do it was like reset the scene. All right. And this, this, and this. Oh, great. That was easy. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> no I bet why you, that happened, right? I bet you it was way easier than any of us made it, you know, after like. I, <laughs> Go ahead. I didn't reset anything. You just, you just really? found your way back in. Yeah. I mean, it, like none of the i guess spaces were so convoluted that it was that hard to reset them i felt like just like you hit yeah. the button a few more times it was annoying to watch the animations go by like yeah. to cycle yeah. back to the initial state so but... i've been thinking about wait let's okay let's yeah. touch on these animations totally because agree. also okay we're taking a step back but then step back from that i'm playing on the switch just fyi um because i was playing it on the oh. go hmm <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. so I was playing mm -hmm. it on Switch in the handheld and also in docked and just like small asterisk about the Switch, but like, it's really unfair that to compare it to my ridiculous, like fucking 360 hertz monitor, but I can just tell you like, this game does not run super smooth <laughs> in docked mode <laughs> and it was fucking tilting me and I'm just like, man, this game should not be held to this standard. It is not a competitive first person shooter, but like some of the ways it was moving within the docked mode was actually really sad to me, but... But are you talking about like it doesn't, frame skips? It doesn't run all that much better on PC, I'm going to be honest. Mm. Yeah, so at least for the Switch version, I think some of the timing and like the loading was like a little bit like off where like something would happen and then you like, like you'd like click all the pieces into place and it'd be like, you know, pause, pause, pause. You did it. I read that about the Switch version. Um, I didn't have any of those problems with the like the PS4 version. Nice. It was actually a pretty smooth and and good visual experience. Like, although overall. the cutscenes for you were a little laggy, were they? Yeah, I, I didn't have a. There were often times there would be like a freeze frame for a good three seconds on the screen. I'm like, did his game crash? Yeah. So this is. <laughs> oh no, we're good. <laughs> so this is something that's also happening to me in Ninja Gaiden when I open a save point. I open a save point, which is not when you want the game to stutter for four seconds, because you're like, holy fuck, it's gonna crash before I save. This is so fucked. <laughs> um, but like, I think that's something that you get more attuned with if you like. Uh, if you use like higher resolution, not higher resolution, higher uh, refresh rates more often, I think you you get really like in tune with, with, with that. And like, did my game crash? Is like, I feel like the feeling that I definitely can uh, relate to. <laughs> but I believe that it would run totally fine on the PS4 and like fine on PC and stuff like that. Cause and and it is like a really cool visual presentation. And I think even on the Switch, it's a cool visual presentation, although it's. Um, much more pixelated than I'd like or whatever. But of course, that's that's just <laughs> the result of the Switch, what it is. That's not the game's fault, I would say. No, mm -hmm. oh, sure. I, I guess my question, though, earlier like, mm. on the puzzles, right, is did anybody see any hints for the puzzles? Like, what were they hints something other than text on the screen to point you towards what to do? Because I didn't figure that out. I turned them on and off, and I never got a hint the whole time. Oh, like a setting in the menu. I turned them on and needed them. Right, yeah, as a yep. setting. So I, I played with hints on. However, yeah, I never got text on a screen if I was stuck on a puzzle. However, I do think it's probably hints that are indicated visually. So I do think, now whether or not it was a hint helping me if, or if that was the game helping me, there'd be like blue flecks on the screen that would like hover over certain objects in certain areas like so i never knew if like maybe like all these blue flecks would congregate at a button prompt 
for me to hit next or something like that, like trying to guide me through a puzzle. I never really truly felt like I was being hinted at, <laughs> I guess. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. I, I don't remember the blue flex, so maybe that's the thing. But, yeah, at, at that point, maybe don't give the option to turn them on and off. I don't know, but... Yeah. That, I don't know. that that I, I can't decide as to whether that's a huge plus for the game or a huge, like, this kind of sucked. Were they on by like, default? I don't think I... They were on by default, so if you didn't adjust mm -hmm. the settings, I think they were on. Yeah, I believe that's true. Huh. Oh. And what's interesting yeah. is I just... Them off. I never noticed them. Yeah, but then again, like, what are they? And I think it's like a legit question. I think I'd have to play the game with them off because, like, you know, at some point, you know, a, a bat shadow will fly between different points that you need to be solving, and, like, that's probably oh, part the of the Oh, the waste of time bat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one? Um, but honestly, like, I think puzzle games like are just it's just a different world now because like i'll tell you every single game every single puzzle game in existence has a hint system it's called the guides you can look up online in two seconds um, <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like and that's kind of part of it now and so it's just like you sit there and you're just like it's just up to you to be like okay i need a guide that's it and that's okay and if that makes you have more fun then like fuck it more power to you like i feel like there's no shame in being like okay i'm lost and i'm not having fun then like perfect let's just solve that shit and move on um, mm -hmm. on the topic of the animations yeah. though being slow they were very slow and it also leads to the controls feeling kind of unresponsive whereas like you know you're like okay turn and you're like hitting like turn 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 and it's like turn you know <laughs> like you're allowed to do it again after that <laughs> and like mm -hmm. and i don't know i i go back and forth on this because honestly i think it is adding to the experiential like if you could walk into a room and just be like and like left, left, right, left, you know, just like do some crazy combo. Like it's like a, you know, like a fighter or something. Then I think that would definitely like take you out of the experience of just like how big and like, you know, just sort of awkward and old the machinery is at times. Like, you know, I feel like that's yeah. part of it. Well, I mean, I think there I are disagree. things they could do to address it. So like in, in a lot of the puzzles, particularly later on, they had like both directions. So you could like turn the thing either direction and that helps. But there were some where it's just like, no, you have a button and it's going to change the state in a loop. And so to get back to the beginning of the loop, you have to press it the number of items times. Mm -hmm. And then you're waiting for the animation all those times. If you could have like turned it back, then that would have solved the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like in particular, are you talking about like maybe the clock puzzle? Like there's there's a particular clock puzzle where you definitely have to like move the arms. Like I don't think you could move the arm back, but you had to only move it forward, and then you had to like eventually reset it if you went too far or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't remember yeah. the specific puzzle where it was annoying me, but I I do remember it annoying me. I I do remember the one like time I got annoyed with the animation <laughs> was I think you were you were faced with this huge cat statue and you had to there were these panels that created a picture along the bottom and you had to match four together as one seamless piece so you had to turn turn mm -hmm. these panels and create a cohesive scene but one button press turned a panel halfway so then there's like an edge of a panel in front of you and so then you had to click it again to get like the next full panel and that just bothered me that i'm just like why did they have a result that is half of a panel 
when like none of the answers regarded like needed to have half of a panel. Do you guys know what I'm talking I do. about? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, what yeah. You're yeah. I was wondering Absolutely. if there's like some other. The way only to reason solve is to waste your panels. time. Wait, no, that's <laughs> yeah. not true. One of the answers does require a half turn. I never needed a half turn. I never turn. needed one either. I don't think I needed no. that. I, I needed a half turn in mine. Like, I tried, like, every other way of doing it. Mm. And then I was like, you know what? Actually, this works if you half turn it. Interesting. Huh. Huh. Uh, so, actually, yeah, like, think, the last I two think that's actually true. I think it's the last one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, um, before that, I had even the exact still, same reaction. Mm. Yeah. No, the only reason is to waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> waste your time for um, experiential, uh, you know, reasons. <laughs> no, for for pushing a fucking button. That's not a, yeah, that's an experience, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's the experience of rage. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I yeah, think so, I mean, so maybe, I think that that's maybe by actually, the time that, that that half turn actually paid off in that puzzle was too late for me to even realize it was an answer. Yeah. Like, perhaps it was something where it turned half like halfway and it matched up the picture exactly in the cutscene happened or something but yeah i think it like yeah, it wasn't I think that utilized that's actually... enough for me to appreciate the half turn mechanic <laughs> hmm. i think that this game commits a number of cardinal sins of puzzle games mm-hmm. um and that's kind of one of them um of first of all the movement being extremely slow mm-hmm. and janky so it's just kind of uncomfortable to move around the space um and having to get between the parts of the puzzle being extremely slow i think is just fundamentally a cardinal sin of puzzle games i i think it makes it a bad experience in every game that i've ever seen it in um Which, by the way, includes, like, the gardens between. Oh, um, I was wondering when that would be brought up. I'm going to bring back that dog just to yeah. show it again. How could you do that to gardens between, <laughs> man? Let it go. That game's been hurt enough. Um, and I think um, another cardinal sin of puzzle games is, um, like, pushing a button to move like an object one unit when you have to push it eight times to get it into the right position and none of the other eight uh, positions matter for the puzzle. Um, So there's no reason to push it more than once to, to slide it over to where you need it to get. Um, that sort of thing that's just like a waste of time mechanic, waste of button presses. I think that that's it destroys your experience of playing a puzzle game to me. Um, Is, would an example of this be do you remember there was a puzzle where there are I don't know exactly what they are, but there are a number of like square things on a like a slide, like a left and right slider. And, you know, they cast Mm -hmm. a square shadow. And then there's, like, a bunch of these, like, triangular. Yes. Like, you know what I'm talking about? And there's, like, a lot of places you can 
put all of these things and move them around so that you can walk your shadow form through things and create ramps and walkways and stuff like that. And just there's a lot of movement that needs to happen there. So if your mind solves the puzzle or has something at least it wants to try, it does take a considerable amount of time to actually get there. So like mm-hmm. drag and drop, yeah. for example, would have made that, right. like solved that problem. Right. You, just, yes, you drag exactly. it into the intended state and it will snap to the positions that are actually allowed or something. Yeah, but but I, do you guys not see mm-hmm. or not feel that like drag and drop is not? Yeah, it, this I, I understand what they're going for. Yeah, they're they're going for I, I believe the term is skeuomorphic. So it's like they want it to feel like a physical real entity. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's at odds with it being the whimsical dream world, and it's at odds with the actual like smoothness of the experience they could have put a put a hand from the sky coming down moving the shit yeah i mean they had that Um, like giant robot that hands you the gear they could i don't care figure out how to make your game not feel bad to play that's not my problem um you heard it well i mean it it is true because especially like well especially since like you when you actually think about the actual solvable method of half of these puzzles and the solvable method requires like five to eight inputs. And then you think about when you're actually trying to puzzle it together. Now multiply that by double or something like that. Like exactly. That is 16 different inputs that you need to put in before you actually get to even just one phase of a five phase puzzle. It seems, um, if you have an actual Which, puzzle, yeah, then I... your player is going to need to iterate and and explore the space. And if that's a frustrating experience, then I think that that's it's 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 not a well designed puzzle. Um, yeah, yeah, I I could see a lot of people not finishing this game, mm-hmm. uh, like getting stuck on some of the puzzles and refusing to like look up a walkthrough or something. Yeah, well, and definitely. notably, I just based off of the steam achievements the very last one where just completing the game 30 percent of players have really? gotten that achievement at mm-hmm. least on steam wow no that's interesting like that's an interesting uh statistic yeah. for the game right so i mean it's... i i wanted to add to the the cardinal sins of puzzle games i would say actually the the biggest <laughs> sin they commit is in the puzzle design itself and so to me like a good puzzle game or a good puzzle in general is where initially you're trying to figure out the principles of how this thing works and then you get to a state where you realize okay that's what the end state is going to be how do i apply these principles to get there and then you figure out the solution and you apply it and you're like aha i figured it out unfortunately the puzzles in this game are very like scattered and so most of the time the optimal way to solve it in terms of your time um, is actually just to stumble through the puzzle, like pressing things randomly. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that looks like it's kind of going towards what I think might I, I might need. And most of the puzzles, I didn't figure out the principles at all, like because I solved them before I even got there. And so I feel yeah, that, yeah. most of the puzzles were not satisfying to me. Like I was just, I, I was either like, okay, whatever, like that puzzle happened or I was frustrated because I couldn't figure out the principles <laughs> um, and I brute forced it. And I was like, okay, it's that puzzle happened and it was unpleasant. 
yep, you know, yep. I got through I one thought that puzzle while I was it just playing felt like it. an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I exactly. That's, I, I that's thought I that like, while playing it, but I didn't remember yeah. to bring it up. But yeah, I, I think like the hexagons puzzle is actually one of the good examples of puzzles that didn't fall into that so much in that like the principles of it were pretty clear and you it was more fun to work out. And I actually enjoyed like solving that one. Um, that being said, you could probably stumble through it. I don't know. Um, I mean, also I felt similarly about the puzzle. Rubik's Cubes. Uh, yeah, the unfolding I enjoyed one, like the unfolding puzzle, too. Like the folding book where you'd walk around? No, the what one with the, no, the folding... like, kid silhouettes that, like, unfold oh, in the, yeah. the boxes. Yep. yep. With the different dots as to how many times they're going to unfold. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, yeah mm -hmm. I, I liked that, too. Uh, but my complaint there was around the controls, right? Like, I don't know how it worked on a Switch, whether you had, like, drag and drop with the touchscreen or... Mm. on a pc like drag and drop with the mouse or something but like with a controller it was awkward and like until zoe explained it to me that like and like well i think she explained to me that the dots represented how many times they were going to fold mm. and i couldn't even see the dots because i was playing on a 60 inch tv like i yeah. don't know 10 10 feet back not that far but like that yeah. wasn't obvious to me mm. and then on top of that right she had to like it, it took well. So she explained that the dots, but it took me forever to figure out that I needed to like drag the person to the board. Like I was clicking things and nothing was happening, and I couldn't get out of it. I almost like quit the game and restarted because I was like, like "Did I like you had to this? hold down the X button to uh, yeah?" I drag oh, really? Figure out Ooh. how to get piece from. To, like from point A to point B, or I didn't even know that I needed to. Like, I was whereas just, like other button inputs were just simply yeah. like other button inputs were just simply to press X and it applies the thing or something yeah. like that. I was stuck yeah. at the stage Raphael described of like, okay, I need to play with this to figure out how this puzzle's supposed to work, and then I just couldn't even get it to play. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know if it is the same from PS4 to Switch, but at least the Switch version had a system that was better than drag but was like, so i didn't click play the touch to pick it up and click to put it down yeah so you would like select an object and then it would like barely indicate that it was selected in a way that was not particularly clear maybe got slightly larger and then you would like move it to where you want to place it and then you would like place it and i don't think this is explained and i I think, I guess I learned this when it was like very early on when you're putting like dolls somewhere, you're putting your item in something for the first oh, time because yep, yep. you like pick it up and then you're like, okay, what the fuck do I do? And then you're like, okay, move the thumbstick or something. And it's like, and then it appears over the spot. And then especially in, in most cases where there's only one spot, it can even go anyways. And then you're like, just have to move it over there. So it was just, it was just definitely like an awkward system that took me a little yeah. while to like learn. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I the definitely indications feel that. were so subtle it was frustrating. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. controls, I yeah. I started out playing this like keyboard mouse, and that was really terrible. So, like it, I I think the rest of you were using controllers, right? Of some sort. I was, I was using, I was keyboard, using and keyboard and mouse. And mouse. Okay. Uh, and I agree, well, it's terrible. So like anytime <laughs> on a controller, like you walk over to something and it's like press X to interact. On keyboard and mouse, the only thing the keyboard does is wasid, like walking around. <laughs> and the mouse you have to you have to mouse over that button and click it and oh, it's just like it's so bad why am i having to hunt for oh. all these buttons with my mouse when you could just give me like an e and q or something mm -hmm. oh dear yeah. 
Well, so I switched to controller. Do they have through. the white dots over them? The interactable objects. On they do. Uh-huh. They but do. There, there would be the white, white dots, dots, but they wouldn't populate unless you like right. specifically. But it's mouse a black and white so game. You so there's have, like... a lot of white things. Yes, there are a lot <laughs> of floating so white dots in many of the scenes. That see, were not the white dots that you mean. Yeah, and I think also just the controls are not super responsive either. Like at least on the Switch, they weren't. You know, like if you press something, it feels like there's a little bit of a delay to when it's going to happen and so you're like oh wasad was the same way i would like press the a button to like move left and i felt like there was a good like quarter to half second delay between the time i pressed it down and the time the character actually moved and also in a lot of the scenes the camera is like constantly shifting and so wasad is shifting and it's just really awkward like it worked better with a thumbstick but it was still like unnecessary disorientation well, you thoroughly destroyed my earlier hypothesis hypothesis that this game was going to be like better on PC because that's where it came out first and was designed or something. It's unfortunate. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely think like it has some of it, some jank around like all of this stuff. And I feel like that's, it feels old school. I don't know. It felt old school to me where I was like, like trying to like, it just felt like it had less, uh, understanding of maybe more modern solutions to some of these things or like modern standards mm-hmm. for responsiveness or ui like dude you know what's the fucking slowest shit ever opening your goddamn inventory and then being like <laughs> fuck i didn't mean to press that because i'm on the switch so all my buttons are fucked up because i'm used to a normal controller and it's like x and y are switched so i'm constantly pressing the wrong thing and that's my fault not the switch's fault not the game's fault but when i did that holy fuck uh, <laughs> dude my favorite thing about that <laughs> on uh, mouse and keyboard is that there's no way to leave your inventory except clicking in the bottom left of the screen. Which is the opposite corner. Like, bottom right is inventory. Yeah. Oh, and dear. so you, ha- you like, go over to something, and it's like, all right, you need to put something from your inventory into this slot. And then you can't get out of the fucking scene. I didn't even know how <laughs> to get out of that screen. Until I realized that there was just like a random like hand that doesn't even. It's like not clear that that's the go back button. It's just a hand. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and you have to click it, like you can't hit escape or any of the like normal buttons to leave uh, a scene. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. 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 And the visuals are really nice. So, <laughs> and the visuals are really nice. They yeah, really the are. Are really nice. I bet you that's why there's but like a 30% that... completion rate is because people were like, "Dude, these graphics are legit," and they are legit. And then being like, oh, "Yeah, I see," <laughs> and maybe like leaving after a Rubik's cube puzzle or something, and never coming back. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Sorry, go ahead, James. Um, you know that scene where all of the like dolls are dancing across the stage like towards towards the end of the game towards the yeah end. yeah i looked at that and i was like is this dance just like dolls t-posing because they ran out of time to animate <laughs> a better dance <laughs> okay which okay. is like my really it's... really jaded impression <laughs> yeah we can tell we can tell we're getting that <laughs> 
<laughs> it's coming through, don't worry. <laughs> no, I, I think if anything, though, when it came to the puzzles, I think I would have liked to see... There, there would be often times where I would do a puzzle and it would do a particular concept to it, similar to like the half turning of that one panel, where it's like the idea of that being a solution to the puzzle, like once you discover it, it seems very innovative. And I just wish they built more off of those more innovative concepts. Um, I think another, like another part where I think about that is towards the end of the game, actually shortly after the dolls are T-posing and whatnot, mm. you are trying to manipulate these shadows around uh, these shadows of other marionette dolls that if you approach them, they'll push you back and whatnot. And the game kind of teases you for a bit by like showcasing the staircase that looks like you need to build a slope up to that particular staircase, but actually like what it plays off of is not the immediate shadow that's presented to you, but there's also like a side shadow that your shadow self can walk up. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. like really noticed that or not. Mm -hmm. And like, while it took me a while to get to that answer, once I figured it out, I was like, oh, they're going to play off of this more, I guess, subsidiary shadow in the corner that I'm going to have to pay attention to more than just the shadow straight ahead, I need to pay attention to the shadows off to the side of the screen as well and see if those build off. But no, that was like the only solution, like that was the only puzzle solution that played off of that. And it's like they did that one play off of it and then they were just like, okay, that gimmick's done. We're never going to do it again. Um, another, another one was actually in that kind of annoying eight prompt puzzle that McCoy was talking about with the different rectangles and different slopes. Like, you could become a shadow self and walk up a particular slope, but there were different exit points for you to go between shadow and real life. And I mm. thought they were going to play off of that multiple port situation more in the game. And it never really did. That was the only puzzle that really truly played off of that. And I don't know, I was just kind of left wanting more out of those puzzles. It just seemed like the game kind of thought, oh, once you figure this out, we're never going to, like, you're not going to want to see it again. But I would have liked to see it again in a puzzle solution. Like, I guess I wouldn't really care if it was repetitive with that sort of solution. Like, I just kind of want to see those mechanics kind of build off of each other in a way. Right. You're yeah. saying there's a lot of puzzle games where you start with, like, a puzzle and then the next puzzle is, like, you know, one mechanic added and then another mechanic. and then like, Yeah. Yeah. They all just seemed very separate yeah. mechanics that never really coalesced. It's, it's more like together. a collection of random puzzles than it is a, like, mm -hmm. puzzle game that's really exploring a set of mechanics. It's like, I, I was going to yes, bring up, yeah. like, Baba is You as an example. Like, this is a game where it's it's gradually revealing more and more mechanics and they interplay. And instead of just, like, completely reinventing each new puzzle separately and that's part of what leads to the like stumbling is the best way through this because every puzzle is completely new uh so there's nothing to learn and transfer mm -hmm. but it's interesting also though because i was thinking back to it and there's another game that we've played for this podcast that actually has done a similar puzzle style like iris fall and that would be year walk Year Walk was a game that had a bunch of puzzles that never really truly coalesced together. Mm -hmm. 
but in a way i feel like your walk executed better on it because your walk had the intention of we're going to tell a bunch of scandinavian fairy tales and each puzzle is going to be centralized around a certain fairy tale theme um i know Raphael, you never played your walk so if you haven't highly recommend that game i actually really liked your walk a lot and i think other people on this podcast did too but um and some probably didn't it's really good except the jump scares (laughs) yeah james didn't like the scares i'm so sorry um but like (laughs) Because the story was set in a bunch of sub-stories, I felt like that kind of more disjointed puzzle not coalescing together, like, I felt like that worked better for a game like Year Walk than it maybe did for Iris Fall. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I was really excited about the core mechanic of iris fall of like a 3d puzzle game that has like 2d platform puzzle game like as a mechanic i thought that that was a really cool idea um but i think it kind of languished that really cool idea i think it is a cool idea but it's also one that's actually been done a lot. Like, if you go and look up puzzle games with Shadow, there's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, yeah? This is not, like, a well, new Well, I idea. haven't played them. Uh, and I think, <laughs> like, Fez is actually an example of something that does... It's not exactly the Shadow, but it is 3D projection into 2D. And it's doing it way better. Like, we should play Fez. Mm. <laughs> Reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It feels like this is kind of I'm not gonna, I'm not saying we're we're jumping to the review section, but I'm just kind of getting into like my core view of this game. But I would just say like, you know, I don't if we if we go back to like a game like Bob is you and go back to the podcast around that like people always joke about it, but yeah, like I'm not a huge puzzle game fan personally. Like I I just don't like I actually think if you want to talk about a game that has a lower percentage of completion. I bet you it's Papa's you. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, it's because it does the build on the mechanics thing that that you guys want, which is totally reasonable to want and is awesome in a puzzle game if you want the puzzle. Um, I mean, I would say it's more because it's hard. Like, Papa's you keeps building for a long time and it really gets quite hard. Definitely. It gets insanely hard. Like, we had multiple minds that are at least somewhat competent, we'd like to think, and we're struggling. So, uh, but, yeah, like, to me, I actually, it's so interesting because I think everything in this game is in service of its feel and its sort of creepiness. And I actually, like, love that the terminology that is coming out around the puzzles is stumbling through them because I feel like that is actually their goal is they want you to be this, like, lost girl in a dream who's stumbling through these, like, crazy, uh, like, puzzles and worlds and, like, just barriers that she's she's trying to get through to get out of the nightmare. Like, and I feel like that may not be the game that, that many people want this game to be, and that's super fair. But I, I really do feel like that was their intention of it. It's like that they really are trying to add everything in service of that feeling. Um which is not the same as everything in service of the story because you've already described like the story doesn't really exist. The story is in, in service of the feeling too. 
Um, and the majority of the gameplay is just puzzles. But yeah, like them resetting what the puzzle is uh, and what like the rules are of it, it's it's like a bunch of vignettes of different puzzles. Like it really isn't like that deep and it, it really is like an experience you want to stumble through. So anyways, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting because for me personally, I actually like that more um, than the puzzle games you guys are describing, but that's just because I don't like puzzle games, right? So fair play. Like, and I wonder if this game is... So for people who don't like puzzle games, like, is it a different audience here? Like, is it exactly a puzzle game or is it like a weird experiential? Th like, I do, because for instance, I would give this game to like, I could see like one of, I could see like one of my parents enjoying this. Like, I could see, because they, you know, they, they talk about um, like things like The Room. You guys play The Room? Yes. The, the not the knockoff the, video the game phone to the game? movie, right? Yeah, the, the, phone, the game. phone game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The yes. room is is a good puzzle game, though. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Like, like it feels really good to like it doesn't commit any of the cardinal sins of a puzzle game. Yeah, that's fair. And I I bet you people would be annoyed. Like everyone would be annoyed by some of the stuff that annoys people here. But it's like this feels not like a hardcore puzzler. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it feels totally different to me. Like it feels very. Uh, surface level and experience. I totally agree with you. It yeah, is, I agree. It is very much experiential. And I think that if they were going for mechanics that get you into the experience of of stumbling around in a dream um, and like that was their goal, then total respect, you nailed it. Um <laughs> I'm trying to wake up though. Is that what you're trying I, to say? I just I just don't think that was the the authorial intent. Hmm. Like I don't think that also the lack of polish it. in this game was authorial intent. I don't feel like the lack of like like animations that that weren't janky was was part of the the experience. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you, James. I feel like the way De McCoy described it, I was like, oh, wow, maybe this was a two thumbs up kind of game. Like, you know, like, if that's what they intended, sure. And then I started thinking about it more and I was like, well, but I needed a story to go with that if like the puzzles were just supposed to confuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and yeah, like not I'm be fun to lost. complete. And like maybe it doesn't look <laughs> right. that way. Yeah, like, maybe that doesn't land, you know, for you or maybe for most people. I mean, who knows, you know, like, and I think that's, yeah, that's totally okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're, if you're like, yeah, you know, it wasn't that fun. I feel like then, regardless of their intent, it may just, it may just not be a two thumbs up game um, in that context. <laughs> Going back on McCoy's point, though, like, I feel like I would recommend this game to Mama Steam for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, well, because, but I... And actually, more importantly, like, I think it's because of the simplicity of the button inputs. Mm. Why I think someone like Mama Steam would love this. Because usually when my mom plays video games, she likes button presses to have intentionality between them. And she doesn't mind, I guess, that kind of time it takes for a button input to execute. Because, you know, for her, like... 
I always like to laugh at this, but like she she's played games before where she needs to like quickly switch from a gun to a flashlight, and those quick button presses to her like don't come easily. So she's sure. always like, "Oh my god, I keep on dying in the scene because I keep on whipping out my flashlight," and I'm just like, "Oh well, you just have to quickly press G," and she's like, "That doesn't come easily to me." So like I yes. can totally see a mm-hmm. game like this where right and left are you know click this button or click this button like i could totally see her being able to play and succeed in a game like this and enjoying it because it also Mm. even though the controls are more simplified at least the puzzles don't like dumb down the knowledge i guess needed or like the Mm. thought needed can you step back and explain Mama Steam? Oh yeah, to me? so <laughs> because you haven't been on the podcast before, Mama Steam is my mother. <laughs> oh, okay. yes, that's the okay. That's the entire reference. All right, yes, I got because it. we call her okay. Mama Steam because, because we think that she price fixes the games that we play for the podcast. Okay, I thought did, Steam did had like a whole separate platform <laughs> for like old people or something. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Oh no. Every I'm time Zoe's mom recommended a game, it would go on sale on Steam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. for like for like six months so <laughs> yeah it's mama's team well but like but it's but what you're saying though i like i hear that in the context of like and this is maybe not the fairest characterization of mama steam's gameplay but like can you imagine someone who's not played maybe as many twitch shooters as we have or something and sits there and thinks like like okay like it's almost it reminds me of like um like pick typing or finger typing i forget what it is but you know when someone's just sitting there and like they look at the keyboard and they go like okay i need to hit this button all right and they like hit it like g all right cool looking back okay g did what i thought it was gonna do like you know it's like that more like methodical slower like with intent thing whereas we're used to like okay so what i need to do here is i need to air slide against this wall wall run three steps in jump off do a backflip block <laughs> in the air slide. you know it's just like it's a little different a little different um the number of times zoe told me to slow down uh after she finished the game much quicker than i did and came down to watch me finish it uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) right yeah and it's it's maybe not exactly the pick typing simplification but it's definitely like i think there are mechanics that are more apparent to well-seasoned gamers that don't come as naturally i guess to people who you know aren't as experienced in different types of games, I guess. And I can see this game just being more friendly to that sort of crowd with its um with its inputs and whatnot. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And like I I definitely Although the 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 Wasid movement in this game, I agree, Raphael. I don't know. I feel like my mom will try to move about and she'll be like I keep on walking into this corner. I can't yeah. get out. Yeah. Don't worry. Like, help me. Us too. Us too. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's not a you problem. That's an us problem. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It just, I, I, when I play a game like this, I really do feel like this is not necessarily for, like, the hardcore gamers slash the hardcore puzzle gamers. Like, it's, it's, it's something different. Um, and in fact, I would say similar to your walk, actually. And and perhaps your walk does better in some ways, or not, I I don't really know personally how to compare them exactly. But yes, like that game also is not, I think, for like the hardcore, maybe adventure or like puzzle game or whatever that genre is. You know, it's like, it's more than that or different than that or perhaps separate from that. Um, 
So yeah. one thing that Yearwalk does better than this game is um, iteration time. On, on uh, like when you do something wrong, it doesn't take seconds to change it to the right solution or to a different solution. Um, it it's like very quick. So you can you can try stuff and it's not like actively fighting against you doing that. Um, whereas this game, I would say, is actively fighting against you doing that. Well, so it's interesting, right? So I agree with that. Except the one thing in your walk that could make iteration time lower would be like just running around the open world, basically like, fuck, am I supposed to be here? Or was mm. this puzzle here? Or do I actually solve it over here? And th that would kind of add to the iteration time there in the same way that if we are to toss a compliment in this game's way, one of the things I appreciated is that it is very constrained with where it allows you to be. It does not be like, mm -hmm. hey, you have an open world nightmare that you can just like slowly walk through. <laughs> like, and maybe you forgot an item previously and so you have to go back into a previous like puzzle or two puzzles back. So at least, thank God, it did not do that. I... I I was going to say, I never had, like, item anxiety in this game where it's like, oh, God, am I proceeding into a next area without triggering a certain lever or something? Like, it definitely was well contained within its, like, screen space Yeah, for what you need. I would agree do. with you 100% except for one of the puzzles where you use an item that you picked up in the previous room. Mm -hmm. Um, and that actually gave me anxiety that this was going to become an issue, mm -hmm. uh, but you couldn't even get back to the previous room. So I don't think you could progress without that item. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it felt weird to me that it was like this whole game was designed where like all of the rooms are self-contained except for one, but, mm -hmm. um, I mean, but I applaud them on doing that. I think that that was a very smart choice. Um, mm -hmm. And I agree with you that that was the one thing about your walk that slightly frustrated me. Yeah, it's it's just interesting. Yeah, like, fair. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just I was just saying it is it's just interesting how that part of it they really, and I think that's also why it feels like vignettes as well. Because they really do just like lock you in a room and potentially a camera angle at, you know, a wall or something with some shadows on it. And and you really have to like just like look at it. Like did anyone get – like I'm, you know, because some of these puzzles were like not even really puzzles or hard in any way. They were just like observation checks. Like did you actually look at this thing? Like the butterflies that were like resting near the books that had like an mm -hmm. order near them. Like, yeah. how long did it take you guys to be, like, to notice that aspect? Because that, that's literally just a noticing thing. It's not a difficulty thing. It's just a noticing thing. It was a lot easier when I plugged it into my TV and got really close to it um, <laughs> than on the Switch, I would say. But, yeah, like, what, what about something like that? Because that's, you know, that's not even – difficulty doesn't even really apply to that. It's more paying attention. Observation-based, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I felt like there was a lot of things I I didn't notice, like – where we talked about like some of the puzzles where you just like stumble through and like, ah, this, you know, movement roughly gets me there. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's probably something I should have noticed there that would have gotten me through it and made sense of it. 
And it's unfortunate that I was able to just stumble through it and that those clues weren't presented obviously enough. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I, I think about the wire puzzle, right? Where it twisted my perspective of reality a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, like connecting wires, right? You expect like, oh, if I connect this to this, like it'll flow through and be all good, right? But that wasn't the reality of that puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. Like it had arrows and currents in a way. Electricity a only moves in currents. one direction across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Across current, wires. Current didn't yeah. quite move like you were taught in school anymore. But <laughs> you know that was okay, right? Because the arrows were there. Like it was obvious enough. Like and you know once you did it wrong once or twice, it was like okay, I I get it. All right cool now how do i make this fit now how um, do i just try cool. every permutation of these combinations to figure out what this is sorry go ahead no no it's right like that one i didn't stumble through that one i like it, it was made obvious to me that like okay on this row electricity will flow left and on this row it flows right and and that was good yeah that was ideal mm. There's other places where it was like, there's this eye thing, and there's like six eyes on the wall, and I need to block the light mm -hmm. to the eye, and it will shut the eye off. Sometimes. But how do I know which eye to go to next? I don't know. Let me just try them all. I never figured that one out. And they're like, they're pointing at each other with the that light, one... but then does that matter? Not clear. Yes, it does. That, that puzzle, Doesn't... you're supposed to find the first eye that doesn't get shined on by any of the others and turn that one off. Oh, I just tried randomly um, and got it. Right, Yeah, me too. It took me some iteration to figure out what the fuck was going on. And by that, I mean trying all of them until I found it was the first one. Mm -hmm. And then trying all of them until I found it was the first one again. And then I was like, oh, I bet that's what's happening. Those eyes, um, by the way, do a ridiculously hmm. expressive, like, no, you're, you're on the wrong eye animation. And you look at it, and you're like, thanks for shrugging. Like, I really appreciate that. And then you, like, really look at it, and you're like, that is fucking disgusting. Do not do that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you get on the right eye, it shakes in exactly the same way, and then it explodes. So... Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, um, I think the signal is actually, like, it, it forms, like, a cat eye pupil when it's rejecting your shadow, I mm. guess. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, but for the, for the butterfly puzzle, um, I figured it out by going into the typewriter and like trying a few things and being like, okay, clearly there is a cipher here. Um, because just like smashing like n by n possibilities together is not the way that this is supposed to be solved and that's the real time waster like, oh okay <laughs> so i tried like <laughs> yeah exactly i tried like two and then i went out and looked and was like oh it's the butterflies and then the puzzle the was solved. butterfly puzzle which, which one was this? the typewriter there's like butterflies oh. on a wall of books. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. There were two butterfly puzzles. One, uh, the other one was like, you have some paper butterflies of various sizes, 
mm-hmm. and you have to put them against like on hooks and that was right. a perspective puzzle because yeah. hey, it has different and that one was actually kind of cool yeah that was cool because not necessarily like... the biggest butterfly should go in the biggest shadow because the biggest shadow placement right. is like i guess closer to the light closer source or light source. right yeah. yeah that was a puzzle that made sense with the game and didn't feel like Absolutely. an inconvenience Right, and which yeah. is why I mean when I wish that they would like <laughs> innovate off of those puzzles. Like I would have liked to have like five more of those perspective shadow puzzles. Yeah. Then like I don't know, maybe that's just me and maybe that makes me mundane, but like I would have liked to have <laughs> why more does that of those make you like mundane? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. Like, some people would be like, I was bored after doing two of them. I don't know. But, like, I would have liked to have five more of those perspective shadow puzzles than have a different, like, a you know, Rubik's than cube. even have, like, the Rubik's Cube or something like that. Yeah. Like, like, you want another yeah. one where you put the teapot and the whatever else, like, into, like, you you create more shadows that, like, overlap and create, like, the the character like you know, like yeah like the whole big picture yeah. yeah like that that was cool i i did like that one a lot as well mm-hmm. um right there there was a missing element to me in this game where it's like they could have built on a lot of those puzzles mm-hmm. and like they, they did a good job with that butterfly one right where you could change the perspective of the shadows by changing the distance from the light source mm-hmm. yeah and that was nice but they didn't do enough of that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They just needed to have more of those, perhaps. Or, I don't know. Yeah. But well, Yeah, and really it's, like, more of those in comparison to... What am I trying to say? It's, like, more of those and perhaps less of the ones that you guys didn't like. Because that seems reasonable, and I didn't like some of them also. But I just... Anyways, what I mean to say, though, is that it was nice that it was a short game, though. I will say that. In other words, if they just mm-hmm. added, like, nine more of all of our favorite puzzle types like i'm not sure that i'm winning in that sense like i'm not sure i'm enjoying it more um personally so i would say add nine more of the puzzle types that are on theme with the game and then take out every single one that's not on theme with the game yeah um and then it's a better game Mm -hmm. and maybe throw in enough hints about what the story is trying to actually tell me yeah I i don't know I would phrase it as half a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I can understand, like, the ambiguous, like, what is the moral of this thing, right? But, like, I still need to get, like, a... Yeah. A point where I can come to you and describe what the story was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe we could talk about what the what the thematic elements were and what the meaning was underneath. But I'm not at that point. I can't come here and tell you or anyone listening to this what the story even was much less talk about the themes yeah i mean i guess the way i would put it is like i felt like something was missing from this game and it was either like make the puzzles actually fun like that's one way to like improve like make it a a good game the other thing is like if stumbling through the puzzles like that that can work on its like on its own if it's actually delivering something else and i mean i guess mccoy's point was like it's delivering the sort of creepy experience uh but i mean i guess i I learned from abzu that just the experience is not enough for me so i want like i don't know a story or i don't know just something else that is being delivered with that like the the tone 
adds things, but on its own, it it just feels a bit lacking. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't. Right. I, I think even more mainstream though, right? Like Uncharted, like there's a lot of puzzles through those games, mm-hmm. and and they actually kind of add something to it. Yeah, and definitely I, the I story think for is me it was... too as well in Uncharted, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think for me it was that the story kind of like brought up a lot of interesting facets, but then never concluded about any like like the cat you have this cat that's leading you and the cat is also shifting from light and shadow. So then like, I thought they were going to play more off of like what the cat is to the player. And it didn't really. It um, steals a book at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it steals then... the book, but then also in particular, like there is a point in the game where you have this other shadow self who looks a lot like the little nightmares protagonist, <laughs> like this like hooded mm-hmm. shadow figure that follows you around and clearly doesn't have the same movements as your character. So I'm like, ah, this is like, is it friend or foe? Like, are we going to be chasing this other shadow person? Are we eventually going to meet the shadow person? And like, in the end, the shadow person helps you destroy a book, but like it never really was established like the the role that other shadow person was supposed to play i guess like is it supposed to be an alter ego is it supposed to just be another person in this universe guiding you on your quest like it just it brought up a lot of interesting things I just wish it maybe had a slight bit more explanation as to what those elements meant for the story at hand. I think we're all saying that there's too much room for interpretation. Why Why? Perhaps. Why were we destroying the book? I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's because they didn't say magic? it. Ripping we got the, the book, out yeah. the end, you mean? and then she's just tearing it apart, and I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. It's like a curse or something. Yeah. Yeah, I thought there was maybe some establishing in some of those like sketch cut scenes that there was probably a curse in it, but I mean, again. Right. See, and for what it's worth, at the end I tried to like Google it, right? Like I mm-hmm. did with everything I had to read in like lit class. It's like, all mm-hmm. right, spark notes. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> hell does this mean? Or like, how do I, you know, take the test and pass? But yeah, yeah, I, I didn't find any <laughs> Google results that really explained That's this awesome. to me. You should and write also, spark notes for this. The walkthrough, all of the walkthroughs that I found for this, never explained the puzzles. They just told you what they do. literally just told you the button presses. Yeah, yeah. Which is all you can do, I guess, for that. Kind right, because the puzzles are how like. The yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I got I got really frustrated with the, the like. Uh bridge puzzle where you have to like raise and lower the platforms of the bridge yeah i got stuck on that for a while too i got myself into a into a soft lock situation and had to restart <laughs> um so that was cool and then i was like fuck this and looked up a a walkthrough and it was like yeah so <laughs> you go to the first platform and you press left six times and then you go to the second platform mm-hmm. and press right two times. And then you go back to the first <laughs> platform and press left two times. 
And I was like, oh, fucking come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Up, up, down, down, left, right. And there were yeah. also start? <laughs> there were also a couple puzzles, too, where it was like, you, and this is kind of the stumbling part, but you know where you just sit there and you're like, I don't know why I would turn this, but it has two states and it was off, so I guess on would be good. And you like find another thing like, this is also off. And you turn it on and you're like, okay, I really don't know how these are coming together. And then it's like, you did it! <laughs> yeah. 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 Right, right. Uh, Fair. Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you need the eye to be a light source in some case, right? And there's it, just so much that they could have added to this game that would have made the puzzles better to me. Like, mm-hmm. move this thing to add a light source here to create a shadow here. Move this light source to move the shadow left or right or mm-hmm. whatever that would have gone with the game. And that rarely happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that you're. Your shadow does serve a purpose in the game, and that's as the waste of time bet. <laughs> <laughs> that exclusively shows up as a cutscene that wastes your time while moving through a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are we are we ready? I think we might be. I, I think we're ready, mm-hmm. unless anybody to stop has stop wasting it. time. <laughs> yeah, we should just make our segments really long for no reason, and then like accidentally like press too many segments forward, and then have to go back and like, yeah, and get like. So we want to talk about E three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to reset this podcast. Oh no! Yeah, true, true. All right, so McCoy, explain your yeah um, rating of this game three times. Okay. <laughs> one in a shadow version, like one in the light version. Wait, no, yeah. McCoy will explain it twice, and then Zoe will explain it three times, and then McCoy will explain it one more twice. Time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, like, Brandon will move the platform three times to the right, and then, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, I, No pressure. Yeah, all right. I mean, you know, listen, hey, like, I may have liked this game more than everyone else here, but that still does not mean that I think it's like an amazing game or that I think it's higher than one thumb. I think I'm going to give it one thumb and I could actually see that being the highest rating here. We'll see. Um, And that's okay. Uh, To me, I don't really, like I said before, I don't really like puzzle games. uh, And I also apparently don't really like story either. I say that because it's just so funny because everyone else here is like, yeah, I wanted to like understand the story. I'm like, you guys understand stories at all ever? Like, great. That's so impressive. (laughs) I don't. When you're talking to the person who made a yarn board of Bioshock Infinite's lore, I mean, of course I'm all for story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're all for understanding it. To me, I just love living in the world where the the lights flash and the things happen. And they did that to your boy, which is always how it goes in stories, bro. They do it to your boy. Be careful. Um, you know, <laughs> they do. I'm saying, especially in the modern, you know, ever since Game of Thrones, man, I'm just saying anyways. Um, so, <laughs> you know, listen, I I actually maybe more than most like the experiential style of games too. Like I, I like the, I liked the creepy sound effects and the way it made things like sound like there were these ancient levers and giant halls that had this echo to them. And I liked in quotes the way that things moved after you press the button and took four seconds uh but definitely also was frustrated in all the same ways you guys were in in the sense of that stuff like i would go too far and then be like oh god i have to do this again and 
And there definitely was times where I found myself like trying to figure out the right way to play this game. Part of that's because of the Switch, where it's like it was kind of nice to play in bed, maybe, but then it was like small, and I'm just like I'd rather play it on a TV, so I go play it on a TV. But then the Switch only does 1080p and not like anything higher than that, so it's like kind of janky looking. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't know, I don't know. So there was just like I think there's a lot of like hurdles and stumbling points and awkwardness uh, in this game, but I do think at least for me that. I liked the art style and I liked the eeriness and I liked how short it was and I liked the fact that, you know, if I picked the puzzle up and I didn't understand it, I could like put it back down and come back another time, try to solve it again. And I, I was able to succeed. I didn't look anything up and I didn't reset any puzzles because I didn't know that I could reset any puzzles. I definitely would have if I could have. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I think like one thumb for me, I, I, I think there are people for which this game would be enjoyable uh and you know i don't know like if they're our parents or if they're children and that's no offense to our parents that i'm now putting in the same category as children but i just mean like you know people that are new to games or something like that or new to the stuff i think it could uh add that this might give your kids nightmares don't don't blame me for that um okay yeah so that's what that's what i would say um i'm not gonna say this review three more times just to waste our time but uh imagine if i copy and pasted that in the recording that'd be so <laughs> okay okay yeah um yeah i think i think one thumb and i will say that i had no idea what my expectations were going to be into this game and i started and then i realized it was a puzzle game and i was like kind of not particularly excited about that and then i was pleasantly surprised by the experientialness of this game and it went from like a i may i might i'm this game is gonna make me hate this game right to a okay people are gonna say things on the podcast but i think it's all right <laughs> And that's where we that's where we land. Mm-hmm. So I will pass to let's do James. You love this game, right? You're definitely gonna give this oh, game yeah. a higher rating than me. Gold right? fucking star. Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> This game kind of re- reminded me of the cat lady. Oh. Well, um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think a As lot in of it was that a gold was star actually, game. I get yeah, it. Yeah, right, exactly. A lot of that was um, the movement around the world. Um, but also the bad puzzles. Um, not, I don't know. Do not diss the I, gloves in a I really wanted. With that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really wanted to like this game more than I did. Um, I think that there's a lot of good ideas in this game. Um, but I think that, uh, all of those games are probably, all of those ideas are probably explored better in other games. And, um, for 15 bucks, I, I don't know, like a three hour game. Yeah. I don't, thumbs down. Yeah. It's a pretty game. Thumbs down. Yeah. No, wait, sorry. You did bring up a really good point. I at least, I think, bought it for $20 maybe. And I I, I am yeah. never the person who brings price in, especially because these things are harder and harder to make. And honestly, the art style is beautiful. But yeah, like you, you guys out there heard the podcast, right? Like the people's experience with this game, right? <laughs> 
twenty dollars. All right. I mean, interesting <laughs> enough, the Switch version's more expensive than the than the Steam version, mm-hmm. which I thought was strange. That tends to be the case, uh, often because like I think they discount things less on the Switch, uh, or like potentially it's been out longer on the PC version. Like, I I don't know. I guess they do discount stuff mm. on the Switch for sure. But it I I noticed that like it's kind of the same with um like the PlayStation store and stuff. Like it tends to be more expensive than like you'd ever find on a sale or something on Steam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That might just be the um, platforms cut. Right, mm. the pricing model for that mm. platform, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Plus like the Switch gets to do that thing where like it just pretends every game that it got from five years ago that just got ported today is like brand fucking new. <laughs> Like, they did the same thing for the Epic Store. Like, when it first came out, they were just like, you could have such classics as, and it's like, insert five-year-old game, and they're like, $60. And you're like, dude, I think I got that for like $5 on Steam. Like, what the? All right. Is your version better? No. (laughs) Like, cool. (laughs) Good, cool. All right. Yeah, okay. Uh, Who's next? Whoever you want to be. Whoever I wanted to yeah, be. Yeah, man, pass the baton. Raphael. Yeah, you you pass the baton. Okay. Okay. Um, Raphael. Yeah. So I guess I should say I I do like puzzle games. Like they are one of my Me jams, too. and I like good puzzles. And there were a couple in this game. Uh, there were also a lot of almost non puzzles from my perspective, where it's like you flip this switch and then you put this thing here and you're done. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think I've I've talked already about my frustrations with the the controls and the puzzle design and the pacing, and the lack of any substance other than the environmental atmosphere that it evokes. Uh, and you know, I guess I didn't hate the experience, so it's a meh. Nice. I didn't hate it. Put it on the box. Okay. <laughs> put it in the cinematic trailer right at the end next to all the fucking like wreath you know like like whatever logos for awards okay nice but i did wish i was playing fez instead mm-hmm. meh play fez instead yep the official ranking of Raphael. zoe okay um i mean i think overall like i didn't hate my experience playing this game um i do think the visuals are good i think the puzzle concept of the light and shadow was really interesting and i did like the puzzles that utilized that mechanic um but much like i reiterated in this podcast i just wish they chose to build off build off of a lot of the concepts of their light and shadow puzzles um, and kind of combine the mechanics in a way instead of having the game kind of play out in a series of divorced puzzles from one, one another. You know, the Rubik's Cube puzzle, the fold paper puzzle, the perspective shadow puzzle section. You know, I think I would have liked to just see them coalesce in a more harmonious way. Um... And yeah, which, which like, you know, it's really got me thinking because, you know, Year Walk was a bunch of divorced puzzles from themselves as well. But 
like I said, I think Year Walk executed on it better because the take on Nordic fairy tales and fairy tales kind of being divorced from, from one another helped with the puzzles being disjointed from one another. But anyway, I digress. This is Iris Fall. Um, I think overall I'm going to give it a meh. Like, it's a good experience. I, I think it's a nice challenging puzzle experience. Um, I think for me personally, though, I would have just wanted more from it than the game could give me. But I could definitely see other people trying out this game and enjoying it for what it is. So for that, you know, I will respectfully nod and then, you know, give it my meh rating. But yes, Brandon, you are next. You are the person who, when I told you about the game's deliberations, you were like, please put Iris Fall on this. Please, I want to play a game with you guys. Let it be Iris Fall. Uh, and I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, yo, just for what it's worth, so very sorry. like, we are thankful, though, because, like, we spend way too much time yeah. playing, like, the best game in the past 10 years. Like, that's, like, all of our time, and I think it's really nice to, like, remember that, like, games like this exist, you know? So, thank you for that. <laughs> <sighs> well, you're welcome. I, I, I feel like I spent a lot of my time before this podcast thinking of redeeming qualities of this game so that I could discuss it and, and feel like I was, you know really a part of this um instead of just being purely disappointed um but that said in terms of redeeming qualities i like the graphics i like the visuals in this game i mean that's what drew me in in the first place right mm -hmm. and i like puzzle games but the puzzles here felt like an inconvenience um sometimes they were an inconvenience and occasionally they were actually good um the game just wasn't cohesive to me. It was frustrating at times, which isn't always a minus. In this case, it was. Um, you know, I can be frustrated with shooters that I'm not good at, right, and die and come back to life and fix that. But in this case, it was just frustrating, especially when I couldn't get the controls and the visuals, you know, as we discussed, didn't really indicate to me what I needed to do or I pulled something out of my inventory, then it went back in and back and forth, and oh, it was it was terrible. Um, but from another like average thing, eh, the length of the game, right? That was great. I was so glad to be done. <laughs> so glad to have yeah. finished this game and not have to play any more of it. That was that was a huge plus. Yeah. Um, but taking that to a negative. Uh, I paid twenty dollars for this game on the PlayStation, and I don't know. I I tend to expect more entertainment out of my games, like more than three hours for twenty bucks. Uh, if it was really good, I probably would have been okay with the price, but it just wasn't. Um, like the only thing worse I purchased on the PlayStation Store was Tetris, mm. and I bought that by mistake. <laughs> like somehow like when i first got a playstation bought it and like didn't mean to buy it and I, I probably got more entertainment out of playing that tetris that they wouldn't refund when i like called customer support <laughs> than i got out of this game so reasonable <laughs> I, I hope i've been entertaining but 
hopefully I've been more entertaining than this game was to me because <laughs> it it was two thumbs down for me. Like two I, thumbs down. Holy I really shit. did not enjoy this experience at all, and I really thought I was going to. Um, so part of the two thumbs is just where my expectations were versus where the game was, but yeah. also I don't I don't come here and rate that many games, so for me this was this was the very bottom. Um, yeah. Awesome. Damn. You know, I was so excited when I finished this game, partly because I was done with it, but also partly because it was, as McCoy said, a breath of fresh air. Um, and I was like, ooh, I get to shit on this game on the podcast now. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's fun. Sometimes. I didn't so, want to, though. Thank you so much for suggesting like, this wow. game. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I recommended a good one, and it, uh, so sad. But, like, I actually, I love it, though, like, you know, because like, <laughs> we've talked a lot over the years and thought a lot about it, some on, on the pop the podcast or on record i guess or whatever and others off but like you know like the value of blind picking a game that seems interesting that's the way i do it a lot personally is like i just like once i'm interested in a game i don't want to like know everything about it before i play it i want to just see how it goes and then just kind of gauge it from there and if you do that you can absolutely get some of the most wonderful experiences ever and they can just blow you away and you can also get experiences like it sounds like you have with this game and i think that's just that's just part of it. That's just part of the game. Um, so, and it's honestly things that this podcast needs to dip our toes into more often, mm-hmm. like for sure. Yeah. Like, like Trying never games feel that we bad don't. for bringing up this game for the podcast because we played it. Sure, it wasn't all that favorable, but also it's like cool. Like we can officially have like gone into a game at least blind and then came out with this as opposed to. I don't know, default. <laughs> Let's do a second round of Bioshock, everyone. <laughs> That's our comfort pick. <laughs> I mean, like, if I came here and there was a lot of, like, positive energy around this game and, like, there was lots of love for some of the things that it did and, like, somebody could have explained the story to me and I just felt like I was dumb for having not understood it, I, I would have changed my mind in the last hour or so, right? Yeah. But that that wasn't the case no it's probably the opposite in fact they probably there were probably voices in the back of your head that were confirmed by voices out loud and us by your voice as well and the end of that echo chamber that yeah. is this podcast episode was pretty definitive oh yes i do remember pressing a gear one too many times and just sitting there and going oh god like just like <laughs> right yeah it- it, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't right. It was good to hear that there was like actually a riddle to the eye puzzle that like one of you figured out, right? And like the eyes looked in a certain spot, and that was how you were supposed to know. But I just kept looking at the screen, like, "Fuck if I know." Like, mm. all right, yeah, yeah. It's I just, good to I just see like which puzzles, it. like, like <laughs> just walking back and forth until it was solved. Mm-hmm. I guess that's actually yeah. like uh, what shaker shaker sort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's not a good puzzle design. Uh, it's like <laughs> it needs to be hard enough that I can't solve it with brute force like that. Like, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely agreed. And so, thank you everyone for coming, and thank you Brandon for recommending this game, but yeah. also being on the podcast. And feel free to 
uh, come back anytime you want and grab another game and force us to play it. And, you know, like, if you feel the need to pick something else that feels awesome, like, do it. Like, do, do not worry. Um, part of it is really <laughs> honestly because, like, we kind of, like, if we're just praising everything all the time, it's kind of, like, you. it's like we kind of redline, like, gold stars on this podcast. And, like, that's – we want to really land on a gold star. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to – this is, like, the dungeon section of our game before we get into the light again, right? It's, like, scary and the game wasn't very good and, like, the mechanics <laughs> were really hard and they were, like, messing with our enjoyment. But but later we're going to get to the levels where we're, like, fighting in the clouds with, you know, against gods and stuff like that. And and um, so thank you for being on this journey with us. Uh, so – I think we just did it. And if anything, you should join us for our contradiction group playthrough that we're doing. Yeah. Right so. mm. All right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. You got to reprise mean... your role in being on a tra- trashy drunk playthrough. So contradiction <laughs> should be. Uh... Hey, if you ever play the the hordes of rats game that I can't remember the name. Yeah. Of, we should do that. Plague Tale. We should yeah. definitely yeah. do that. We should, we should do should that. Hit for that sure. one up. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I'm working on uh, near. Uh, Oh, I want to play that one um, for the podcast. I really want to play that one for the podcast. I, I, w- I won't offer any spoilers. My rating so far is uh, not good, but yep. that one is uh, from the perspective of I'm just not good at it yet, so <laughs> I guess I need to keep trying. No, that that one would be an excellent podcast game. Um, and reasons, again, will yeah, be said I'm, perhaps on that. But, dude, I w- okay. It's interesting that I've got a supporter in that because I could not, be- I couldn't bear the thought of convincing people to play that game. But if I've got an ally, <laughs> I may. Well, I, I can't talk about it because this podcast isn't about it. Yep. But uh, I think I'm two hours in, yep. and uh, I'm still at the title screen. So, <laughs> have you tried pressing start? <laughs> <laughs> I have indeed. I pressed a lot of buttons. <laughs> I don't, I don't hate it yet. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> super fair. No, listen, super fair. That's but all I'll that's say. Really super fair. No spoilers, super fair. Okay, I think we should get the fuck out of here, you guys. Nice job. We did it. And we will see you guys on, on the morrow in, in the podcast timeline, which is next week. So, Indeed. Next week, we're playing The Unfinished Swan, which is a game that, you know, has also been some, I think most of us are in the dark on that one leading up to actually playing it. <laughs> so will it be another iris fall you'll have to tune in next week to find out <laughs> that's right yeah don't tell oh wait wrong wrong podcast Sorry, wrong anyway. also follow us on instagram <laughs> indeed yeah exactly instagram youtube tyranny of thumbs yeah do it do it wow yeah just order them that's what i love in my podcast is when people just like tell it's the same thing with marketing right they don't tell you to like like hey like you could buy this. They're just like, buy this. And you're like, get that idea away from well, me. Well, if anything, our full Life is Strange Before the Storm playthrough is uploaded to our YouTube channel. That's so if true. you listened to that episode and wanted to know what it was like for us to play it in real time, go watch that. Tyranny of Thumbs on YouTube. That's true. That's true. And also note that if you're the fan that wrote in and told me, hey, can you please post that because you're being slow as shit on that, um, you definitely got me motivated to do that. So fair play on that. <laughs> you not only win, but I'm thankful for that motivation. So respect. Uh, and okay. Uh, Perfect. I'll wrap it up one we more time just here. for fun. No, just kidding. Let's get out of here. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> we're going to repeat the We're going to repeat the conclusion three more times. All right. Hit the stop button. All right. <laughs> <laughs>